Hello, it is another mini episode that you get to enjoy <laughs> of Drunk Art Review. Um, it's pretty fun. Rosie, uh, me, a little bit drunk, but <laughs> Jenny is teetotal. Come along and listen to us as we waffle a little bit about tattoos. Apparently. <laughs> anyway, I kind of want to know about tattoo history. I feel like you're gonna be able to tell me some great shit right now. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I did do just a little bit of research. Just a little bit. So, <laughs> just to give you a little bit of background. So, tattoos date back thousands of years, right? The oldest evidence found is believed to be from between, get ready for this, 3370 BC to 3100 BC. <laughs> yeah, long, what? long time ago. So, could they even talk back then? <laughs> of course they talked back then. I know, it's just funny. Oh my it's god. Just, joke. <laughs> <laughs> just imagining like, you know, two like primitive humans like just like pointing at each other. Yeah. I think I'm just like, you know what? We can't talk, but let's tattoo each other. Exactly. exactly. That's how we compensate. No, I'm pretty sure they were able to communicate in some kind of way, because you'll see why I kind of think this. So like so the example I'm gonna talk about, so it was found in the Otzel Alps which is a mountain range in the central eastern Alps and it's on like the Italian-Austrian border. Human remains were found naturally mummified and preserved in 1991. So you've probably heard about this natural preservation of some bodies like there's been like the man that was found in a bog and that kind of thing yeah the bog man oh and also the the diva queen have you seen her oh no crate the diva mummy oh she like her her body could still move in in all the joints because like of the way that she was mummified crazy it's crazy creepy yeah carry on though but so this particular mummy found in 1991 is the oldest found in europe and is now known as Otzi the Iceman. So Otzi the Iceman comes from the name that Otzel Alps. Yeah! So Otzi the Iceman, have you yeah. heard of him? Yes, I have. <laughs> so his body had a total of 61 tattoos in varying locations, with the vast majority of them being located on his legs. Do they know what the tattoos were? Well, this is what I'm going to get into. So closer examination by anthropologists and scientists indicate soot or fireplace ash were probably used to make them. And they suggested that some of the tattooed dots may have been used as a therapeutic practice. So most of the, I think all of the tattoos were like little dots, not like tiny dots, but you know, like, I don't know, like polka dot size, you know, just dotted all over mostly his lower half. Well, you know, this goes hand in hand with the idea of me talking earlier in the live about that pleasure pain thing, but also hand poke with it being relaxing. Mm. But also as well, that idea of they had like tapanning and things like that. It was almost like a way of getting rid of demons, poking into the skin and, and, and the bone. Yeah, I mean, it could be like, it could be like <laughs> that kind of protective aura, couldn't it? But I mean, that kind of will go, something that I've talked about in a bit that would kind of relate to that. Going back to these dots, they were mostly found in places that would have been experiencing strain-induced stress on the lower half of the body. And it's thought, the scientists and the anthropologists thought that maybe it was used as a therapeutic practice. Any kind of oh, like wow. joints or areas that, you know, would have generated with age and wear and tear. That was where most of them were. And they thought maybe it was a way to alleviate joint pain. And that would kind of explain why most of the markings were on his lower half, which would have been less visible, instead of on his top half to just 
to like display a form of status markings as i mean when you think of tattoos in a tribal sense you tend to think of like i don't know the maori tattoos and the polynesian tattoos yeah, and yeah like very big tribal things yeah it's you know it's important culturally and that kind of thing whereas these were kind of all on his lower half they were kind of random and they were in these these places that would have been suffering from stress and joint pain so it was like almost like a medicinal relief yeah, in a way, it was it was this uh, medication, wasn't mm. it? Yeah, like with tapanning, with getting rid of demons and headaches and things like that. It was a way of relieving themselves through pain and relief. Crazy. Exactly. Which does feed nicely into my next bit of little bit of history. I've got oh, go on. <laughs> There's been loads of locations where evidence of tattooing has been found on human remains throughout history. So these are including places like Alaska, Mongolia, Greenland, Egypt, China, Sudan, Russia and the Philippines. Loads of evidence of these markings has been found for years and years. So before Otzi was discovered, some of the earliest known examples were from the Egyptian era and they were present on several female yes. armies dated around 200 BC. Sorry, I think that would be 2000 BC. I've written it down wrong, but yeah. <laughs> 2000 BC, that was when Cleopatra was around. I believe so. So it, it's super, super old school. So they were thought to be the oldest origins of tattoos, but then Otzi was found. What's interesting, so evidence of female figurines dating from 400 to 3500 BC show tattoos on the bodies and limbs. And there've also been some female figures in tomb scenes dating from around 1200 BC with tattoos on their thighs. Tomb scenes, you know, when you go into a tomb and they've got all the hieroglyphics on the wall. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah, yeah. artwork. Yeah. So they were depicted Storytelling there. of their lives. <laughs> exactly. And small bronze implements identified as tattooing towns have been tattooing tools, I should say, have been found at a dig site in a Gurob in northern Egypt, and these were dating around 1450 BC. See, I'm amazed at the tattoo tools that they used to have, and they still use them. Like it's very, very similar, like within like the Maori, um, like you know, tribal tattoos. It's not just like poking. They have a hammer. They hammer like they would when they're chiseling like a, a, a hieroglyph into a, a stone wall. They tap, 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 with a tiny little hammer onto the skin. And in a way, I'm like. How could you get the precision? That's incredible. Well, it's a bit like there's that lady, isn't there? The uh, Filipino lady, uh, Wang Oge, I think her name is, or Maria Oge, mm -hmm. and she's in the Philippines, and she's like the last and oldest, let me just check the title, yeah, last and oldest mamma, Mamba Batok that does the tattoos. So she's that oh, lady. You've, wow. prob you've probably seen her on social media. She's this older lady covered in tattoos, and she's... Sorry, my computer just bipped for anyone listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she's this lady who does these tattoos and she has that kind of tool that she uses. So people probably don't know and they might not realise that they realise who she yeah. is, if that makes sense. Mm. These tools were found in these excavations alongside mummies and bones. So there were loads of theories at the time. And I can say now that they were largely the assumptions of male excavators, because we're talking a long time ago when a lot of excavations in Egypt were very male dominated field. Ah, uh, yes, yes, no, no, a woman, a woman cannot be in the dirt hole of excavation. And if she is, then exactly. we will not record exactly. her in history. <laughs> Unless she's got money. Oh yeah, that's different though, isn't it? So we're going on the presumptions <laughs> and the assumptions of male excavators at the time. The, the evidence of these tattoos, because the tattoos were only found on women, and on women in figurines and on pictures of women. Uh huh. Oh my god, really? Yeah, so only on females. The mummies were only found on females around this time period. So the oldest mummies that they found with tattoo evidence have all been females. I mean, they have found more recently, so about 400, 500 BC. What? 
Yeah, so like 400, 500 BC, there you start to find some male mummies that have tattoos, but like 500 years before that, only females. I wonder if that's to do with the idea of the female has always been this magical entity with earth creation, with making people. Within Egyptian culture, that was sacred. So I'm wondering if it's this whole idea of adorning the vessel. <laughs> to go back to the idea that the male assumptions were, so if, because it was only on females, for a while, they thought it was almost like a mark of a prostitute. And also maybe they protected against STIs because a male just seeing them on oh. females was like, oh, maybe these are all prostitute women or maybe they're protecting against STIs. But... But <laughs> I was like, I was like, sacred, holy vessel. <laughs> well, yes, this is what we're going on to. So that is more in line with actually what is thought now. But originally, you can imagine this very like, because we're talking like, you uh-huh, know, in the yeah. 20s and the 30s when Egyptology was huge and very male dominated and still misogynistic. They're like, oh, there's these only women covered in tattoos. They're probably prostitutes, you know. Well, you know, history, history is so often written by men. So obviously, sorry. Well, Women's History Month last month, we talked all about it. I know, yeah. <laughs> so these actual mummies that were found, their remains were found in a particular site, and it was at Dia El Bahira, which is an area associated with royal and elite burials. Oh, damn, son! Yeah, so where these mummies were found, these female mummies were found, were actually, you know, it's a really pre- prestigious site. High-class place, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I mean, even then, the men were like, that found them were kind of like, oh, maybe they were just concubines and stuff, whatever. Uh, But uh, one of the females, one of these females was identified as Amunet, who was the high-status priestess for the goddess Hathor. Oh, my God. Hathor was one of the most important goddesses in Egypt at the time. You know, one of these women couldn't have been a prostitute. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) She would have been a holy vessel, literally. Exactly. So more research was done by Daniel Foke, and that suggests that the tattoos may have also served as medicinal treatment. So his examination of Amunet led him to conclude that the markings were treatment for pelvic perionitis. Mm. And when you think about it, so all the markings found on the female mummies were largely distributed in net-like patterns around the abdomen, top of the thighs and breasts, which are like the female sexual organs. Yeah. So it's almost like a protective entity or like medicinal protectiveness, you know, around where a woman reproduces, around a woman's sexual organs. So in the, again, in that sense, it was used possibly in a medicinal therapeutic method yeah. or in a way to kind of protect the females, you know. Like when you write runes or things like that, you know, to protect. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, a little bit of tattoo history back from in the day. Oh, I love it. It's so good. It's so, so different to the stuff I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Completely different, but that's absolutely fine. <laughs> well, like I said, mine is not about the history. <laughs> However, I found a plethora. Um, it, it would have been top 10, but I'm going to say top 9 very crazy tattoo stories of present day. Do you want to hear them? Go for it. (laughs) Okay, so, you know, I wanted to keep it a little bit light, a little bit fun, and we love this, especially on a mini-sode. So, (laughs) I already told you on the live about the man who got his penis tattooed for a car, a Mini Cooper. He tattooed Mini on his penis, which, a bit ironic. Oh yeah, when you think about it. Mm, yeah I mean hopefully he was well endowed and it was just Mm -hmm. ironic (laughs) who knows the next one 
a little bit more uh, macabre. Um, a grieving mum, Kim mm -hmm. Mordu, will carry a part of her tragic son with her forever. After having mm -hmm. tattoos made from his ashes. Oh. The 50-year-old mixed the remains with ink to create these designs on her body as a lasting tribute to Lloyd Evans, who died three years ago. Kim was heartbroken when her son, Lloyd, 24, died on a night out after taking a pie drug. Bit sad. So, the tattoos, a Kabbalah tree, an angel releasing a butterfly, and a poem dedicated to her son were drawn by Kim's husband, David, who runs his own parlor. Kim also hopes they will bring and highlight the dangers of drugs. Kind of macabre, but also so much meaning in that, you know? I mean, definitely, but I'll be perfectly honest, if I'm ever cremated, please don't tattoo me on your skin. If you're going to do anything with my ashes, turn them, in, turn them into a diamond. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I was thinking more like throw them into the ocean, like, ah! <laughs> you know, Titanic standard. Mix them with some, like, eco-friendly glitter and then, like, fire it at one of my enemies. Ah, okay, yes, forever. Eco-friendly glitter, of course, because we don't want to pollute <laughs> the environment. But, you know, go and annoy somebody with them. Uh, okay, so I've got another story for you. So, mm -hmm. getting a life-size portrait of your wife and children tattooed on your back might not be one most people would have on their to-do list. But it most certainly displays a lifelong commitment to your spouse. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, for some chap called Alan Jer Jenkins, his wife was most certainly not willing to return the favour. While he was going through the 20 hour long $1500 process of a full back tattoo, <laughs> she was busy cheating. <laughs> On him with a man who was 10 years her junior. Of course, Alan did not find out until after the tattoo was completed. <laughs> Strangely, he decided to uh, not have her image removed. However, his wife, Lisa, tried to defend herself by saying she never meant to fall in love with fitness instructor. <laughs> with her fitness instructor <laughs> and that she never wanted her husband to get the tattoo in the first place but still waiting for your husband to complete his tattoo before telling him about your affair is pretty heinous <laughs> mm. yeah so i mean oh god <sighs> thoughts on that okay <laughs> my thoughts I don't care how much you love a significant mm. other. I don't think names or faces should ever be like... I don't think I'd ever want anyone's face on me, even a realistic one. The only faces I want on me are animal faces like Doris. Yeah. Or animals like, you know. I don't think my mum would be like well chuffed if I had like her face put on like my arm. She'd probably be like, why would you do that? Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, I think when it comes to something that means more, why not just have a word or a symbol or something, you know? I think having, I mean, to get some, to get an artist who can like aptly do it anyway is pretty difficult, mm. but like you, you've got photos, you have memories, do not have it like ingrained on your body. 
I mean, it's different. I think when you've got children, obviously children are different to spouses. Mm. But there are other ways to do it. Like we spoke in the live earlier, I showed off my tattoo for my dad, which doesn't have his name on or anything, but it's clearly for him. Yeah, it, it's you know, I don't know, though, isn't it? And it means you a know, lot to you. And like one of the tattoos I'm going to get, the one, one of the ones from Jake, is a pair of playing cards and I might get him yeah. to do my granddad's handwriting next to it because it's my granddad. Yeah. Know. But it's not like I would never have a boyfriend's name. The only name, I mean, I might have your name tattooed on me. Oh, <laughs> um, thanks, but I, girl. I mean, even, even then I wouldn't, I'd probably have like a flower or something for you. Do you know what I mean? Well, we know we're going to be in each other's lives. I don't think there's anything that either one of us could do that would deter that. <laughs> but I do, I have more stories for you. Come on, hit me with them. I will get... Okay, so... I'm just going to sit here and sip my Coca-Cola if you can hear my ice rattling, people, and me slurping. It's because I'm like, oh my God, the tea is hot. You know what? You say it and you always warn people about it, but that ASMR gets people going. Damn, son. I don't know if it does. They might... If any of our listeners have a version to like hearing people eat and drink, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the Whereas mini you can so, just, like, so we're allowed to be a little out. bit more like, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, okay, so... <clears throat> I have already said that one. I will go on to the next one. A brothel reputed to be the largest in Europe was overwhelmed with interest after offering free entry for life to customers who have its name tattooed on their arm. (laughs) The manager who houses more than 120 sex workers across its 20 stories did not expect any takers when he put up posters advertising the tongue-in-cheek promotion. What a fool. However, more than 40 men came forward to say that they have the name inked on their arm in large blue letters. And the brothel's tattoo artist had to work extra shifts to keep up with demand. I'm not being funny, right? But like, does he not know how stupid humans can be? Especially like blokes that want to get laid. Did he not even, did that not occur to him? <laughs> but clearly they were invested. They were invested. What was the name? I'm just curious. Does it say? I, I don't actually know. Oh, I'm going to have to find it because I want to yeah. know if it's like a really weird word or something. Oh, my mother's just bought me a cup of tea. Thank you, Mama. Oh, hello, Mama. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> oh, she can't hear you, Rosie. She's saying well, I love you. Yeah, she knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't have the article here, but I have my details, so that's enough. I will find the article again. All right, my next story. <laughs> <clears throat> well, they wanted it. That's the reason Jojo Marsh gave for tattooing her own children. All right. One as young as 10 years old. Miss March shows the tattoo on her son's hand. The mark is a cross-like symbol left by a homemade tattoo gun with a guitar string as a needle. We didn't need even break the skin, barely, said Marsh. They are very tiny. Just through a few layers on the top, they will fade away. That's how minuscule this is. <laughs> Marsh and her husband faced child cruelty charges after detectives found the same mark on six of the couple's seven children. How did the last one get away with it? 
one of the children is just 10 years old. Marsh, the mother, defends her actions saying the kids were begging for tattoos like hers. She told multiple times during the interview that she changed the needle each time. Marsh, the mother, believes as the children's guardian she should have the right to tattoo them if she chooses. Shouldn't I have say so over what goes on my child in their life? said Marsh. I have custody of my child, I'm not gonna hurt my child. I was like, well, I mean, that's child cruelty because the child don't know, do they? <laughs> just, oh my god, as someone that's worked in the childcare system I and know, the way I could just, I could just oh. see your face. <laughs> I'm just like, how can you be that stupid? I'll change the needle each time. I don't fucking care. What is wrong with you, woman? And she was like, the kids kept begging me for it. Like, I don't really care. Your kids might beg you for, like, I don't know, to go to the bloody moon. You're not going to fucking give in. Are you? What's wrong with these people? <laughs> Tattooing your bloody ten-year-old fucking morons. It's so bad. It's so bad. Like, people think that they have that autonomy over their child's body. Like, they do not. So wrong. They are the guardians. They're there to make sure that they grow up safe and sound. They are not there to put on terrible tattoos onto the children. It's very much like my mum was always like, if you want tattoos, that's fine. Just wait until you're old enough to make that decision. Yeah, so you can decide whether you want them or not. You don't know when you're ten. That's fine. It's like, I'm not saying no forever, it's just like, just wait until you're old enough, that's cool. And don't tattoo your ten-year-old. I'm so glad my mum said no to me getting my lip pierced. I'm glad about that. I wasn't old enough. Mm. I mean, you'd look cool, but... Uh, it would have looked cool, but you know, I'm glad I didn't. I have another story, though. The story goes on. <laughs> Hit me. A, dif- a different story. So, police did not have to lift a finger to identify this thief after he broke into a car specially rigged with cameras because he had a huge tattoo revealing his name and his day of birth. <laughs> oh my god, how fucking stupid you Where does he have it? Aaron Evans, 21, was filmed breaking into a Peugeot in an NCP car park before making off with a stolen sat-nav device. Not only had he failed to spot the covert camera filming his every move, but he had the vital information. <laughs> Evans, 19, 9, 87, boldly tattooed on his neck. <laughs> Evans was jailed for seven months. <laughs> Aaron Evans, if for some ungodly reason you're listening to this episode of Drunk Art Review, I just have to tell you, you're really, really fucking stupid. And I know you're English, you're letting the side down here, because if it was in a bloody NCP car park, you're probably, oh. I know. Oh, boy. What is the matter with you? That's so funny. I hope your mother gave you a slap around the head for that one. (laughs) All right, I've got two more stories. So, (laughs) as a child, Matt spent a lot of his time in hospitals. This is quite a good story, actually. As an adult, he decided to do a homage of sorts He got tattoos of various medical equipments that saved his life. He got stethoscopes on his thigh, an otoscope on his calf, and an x-ray on his pelvis. I nearly said penis. 
Um, he is wholeheartedly in love with medical paraphernalia design as, and has committed his body to looking like a weird, amazing medical cabinet, ready and stocked for any emergency. <laughs> Oh, actually, I've got three stories, but I mean, that's pretty funny, isn't it? I mean, like, you would. If something had affected you so profoundly when you were young, you would. You would celebrate mm. the fact that you'd survived it and it was a part of your life. I mean, I don't think, like, medical, like, you know, people have things tattooed on them that are objects all the time. Like, I don't think that's particularly weird. Mm. Yeah. You know, especially, I mean, like, um, what about medical professionals, you know, that are into having tattoos? They might have, like, a stethoscope to signify when they got their doctor's degree. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't seem that weird to me, that one. It seems pretty pretty tame, that one, in comparison yeah, to a the... woman tattooing her 10-year-old. Like This is true. Yes. I mean, this next one is a little bit more bizarre. <laughs> so, uh, most little children like to doodle, but three-year-old Ruby Dickerson really takes doodling art to the next level. She's set to be the world's youngest tattoo artist. Oh my fucking god. The toddler learned the trade from her father, Blaine, who runs a tattoo parlour in Wales. Mr Dickinson, or Dickinson, 36, is importing an ink gun from the US that has been specifically designed to be used by small hands. Young kid, tattooing. She doesn't know what she's doing at three. Don't let kids play with knives. Why would you let them play with needles? And I mean, this isn't saying that she's probably not a good artist. I mean, I, I love those kinds of tattoos you see where a child has drawn an image and then their parent goes yeah. and has it done on them as like a tribute. I think they're adorable, but like, you don't give a child sharp objects. Like what if she accidentally does it on herself? Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and also at three, you there is no moral compass at all. You don't know what's going on. You're learning. And your hygiene levels aren't the same. Mm. I don't... Oh, God. Oh, my God. Anyway, I'll, I'll tell you the next story. <laughs> no one can argue that she is really too old. Mimi Rosenthal, 101, pushing her Winnie Walker... <laughs> As it, you know, like her, yeah. off to the side and sat back in the leather chair. At four feet, ten inches, her feet didn't quite rest on the floor. And for her third tattoo, she wanted to be comfortable. Let's find something for your feet, said the tattoo artist. A longtime family friend of this 101 year old woman who is a uh, family entrusted with the honor of inking Rosenthal's arm. So she was 103, still getting tattooed. And I love that mm. because it's like, you know what? I am going to live my life regardless of whether it is at the start, the middle, or the end. I love that. Go for it. You can like... get tattooed regardless of what skin you have. <laughs> and at age 99, Rosenthal decided to get her first tattoo. A tiny blue butterfly about the size of a dime, or about 10p, because I'm reading American stuff right now. <laughs> Apart from bloody Aaron Evans, who stole from an NCP car park, stupid boy, he was English. <laughs> stupid I know, boy. The, the stupid ones are, well, actually, a lot of American, a lot of English are very stupid, but... We're all in the same boat. We're just as bad. <laughs> Anyway, the tattoo artist remembers this 101-year-old woman looking at the finished tattoo when she was 99 and proclaiming it to be 
too small. <laughs> At 100, Rosenthal tried again, this time much bigger and on the other leg. The silver dollar sized flower, so probably about a 50p, maybe a little bit more. Actually, no, probably two 50p's, I'd have thought. Like, no, three. Three 50p's to make that, that size. Um, sized flower was better. It required her to lift her trouser leg <laughs> to show it off. <laughs> Next time, she decided she'd go on one of her arms. So I love, I she's love so at cute. the age of like 101, she's still getting tattoos. <laughs> she's just like, fuck it, put, make it bigger, make it bigger. I know, I love it, I love it. So yeah, I mean, those those, those are my crazy stories. I thought you'd love them. <laughs> I did. Like, the, like some of them just made me outwardly groan, as you could probably hear and see. Yeah, yeah, very true. Some were just really cool, but some of them were just like, you stupid boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way of it you know tattooing goes one way or the other it's either loved or hated i believe it's like marmite wouldn't you say although of course with the kid tattooing i think that's just devoutly wrong so (laughs) yeah also anyone that tattoos their animals like go away oh my god i saw someone on instagram who had done that and they i mean the post i saw is about like shaming this person which I was, you know, glad I followed that person instead of the person Is who actually tattooed. Is it the cat? It was the cat with the the thing across the chest here. Mm. So bad. Ugh. No. No. I mean, I don't even believe in branding a cow. You shouldn't do that. No. I mean, I know some people do. I know a lot of greyhounds, for example, racing greyhounds have their um they have their registration number and their date of birth and their litter number and stuff. And I know in some parts of the world, some people have like an identity number tattooed on the inside of an animal's ear instead of a microchip because then it's like yeah, a yeah. unremovable piece of evidence. But like this cat, and I know the one you're talking about, yeah. is literally tattooed with a pretty design on its chest. I'm like, how did they even legally do that? It's just so terrible. Please tell me that was an April Fool's joke. Like, it was mm. gross. I am against it. Leave the animals alone. They did not decide on the design. Like, us as humans, we like to do that. But like a cat or an animal, they, they're just happy with themselves. They're beautiful as is. They don't need to do anything. Thanks for listening. A full episode is going to come out in the next week or two, which is going to be way more in-depth with the whole tattoo chat. Hopefully you enjoyed what we were just having a little chat about now. Drunk Art Review podcast um, is, of course, created, edited, and hosted by me, Rosie Alexander, and Jennifer Kemp. You can find us on Drunk Art Review on Instagram, and all the music and sound design was free-sourced. But of course, we want to say thank you for dropping by.